Are you here? Hmm? Okay. I was being facetious. I know you've been here before I even showed up, so I won't keep you waiting any longer. So yes, welcome to the Paul Leslie Hour, now in our 19th year. On this episode, we've got an interview from the archives with performing artist, recording artist, Champion Fulton. Ho, 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 ho. Ms. Champion is one of the most respected jazz pianists and vocalists on the scene. Nate Shannon of the New York Times described Champion, a charming young steward of the mainstream jazz tradition. Then there's this. Mark Stryker of Detroit Free Press commented, Champion is the most gifted pure jazz singer of her generation. Doesn't sound like he's from Detroit, does he? And these are just some of the great acknowledgments. Am I right? Okay. So let's acknowledge that you can visit Champion Fulton's website at, get this, champion.net, www.champion.net. You've got it? Now, while I'm giving out web addresses like candy, I'll just remark that the Paul Leslie Hour needs two things, listeners and supporters. So go to www.thepaulleslie.com slash support, and we thank you. All right, champion interview. This isn't going to start until I say so. So. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce you all to this woman, Champion Fulton. She's a jazz pianist and vocalist, and it's a great pleasure to welcome her here today. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much. First of all, we have to acknowledge this fact. What an incredible name you have, Champion Fulton. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that your, is that your you. given name? It is my given name, yes. My parents picked it sort of uh, out of a hat, really, but it is my given name. I hope you thank them every day for that name. <laughs> okay, well, on that note, what was life like growing up? You know, I always loved music so much. So I, I've just been I've been working on my music and performing and practicing since since about maybe eight years old. That's when I became very serious about it. Tell us about your parents. My mother's name is Susan. My father's name is Stephen. And uh, my father's a musician. He plays trumpet and flugelhorn, and he played drums also when we had a band together about uh, a while ago, 10 years ago or so. And my mother is a big supporter of the music and has always come out to a lot of our shows, so she's also a big part of my career and my business, but she's not a musician herself. Your father, what is the biggest lesson, or not just lesson, just anything that you've learned from him as a result of him being a musician as well? Oh, well, it's uh, tricky to pick just one thing since I really learned everything. <laughs> I've learned everything uh, from him, certainly about music and about many other things in life, of course, too. But I think, you know, the biggest part, the biggest, the best lesson maybe that I have, have learned is uh, just the discipline that surrounds the music and the career and how to stay focused and how to make sure that you uh, achieve a certain level with your craft so that even if you're tired or busy or jet-lagged or whatever, that uh, you still 
can do a good job. Tell us about the people you listened to that made the biggest impression on you. Well, my favorite singer uh, since I was a very little girl is Dinah Washington. And I just, I fell in love with her music when I first heard her. I became completely obsessed, you know, getting all her records and wanting to know everything about her. Um, I just always loved, I loved the sound of her voice. I loved the, the way she interpreted the song. I heard, you know, even to a certain extent, choice of material, although she recorded many, many things. But you can sort of tell which were her favorite songs by things she would do on live gigs and things like that. I just, yeah, I always loved her. She's definitely the biggest influence when it comes to the piano. I think Red Garland, for me, was one of my favorites when I was younger, and then I became very into Errol Garner a little later on. And those are two sort of my favorite people. I was hoping you could tell the listeners about your friendship with Clark Terry. Oh, of course. Well, my father was, was friends with Clark from since the 70s. I was, met Clark when I was born, and he was just always around... He was always around, you know, since he was friends with my father, he was always around the house. I really, I knew he was famous. I knew he was, you know, a, a legend, really. But I thought more than that, he was sort of like a family friend, a member of the family, really. And I loved getting to uh, hang out with him, talk music, talk about everything, you know. He was very supportive of my interest in being a musician when I was little. He took it very seriously and uh, treated me Seriously, and with respect, which I appreciated, still do appreciate. He actually gave me my very first gig when I was, I must have been maybe eight. It was his 75th birthday party, and they had a party at my parents' house. We were living in Iowa at the time, and he hired my band and I to perform for the party. I had a little quintet. We were all under the age of 12, and that was a, that was a big, that was a big deal, you know, for me. We played, and after the gig was over, you know, he paid me, and he he explained to me about being a band leader and how to pay your musicians and things like that. It was a, it was an important moment for me. He seems like he was a very encouraging guy. Well, he was definitely encouraging if he thought you were serious. You know, because to him, the music was very, very serious thing. I think he appreciated the fact that I too saw it as a very serious thing, and so then I think that made him. I want to be even more encouraging. Our special guest is Champion Fulton. You have this album, Change Partners. I wanted you to tell us about the opening track. You made a good move. Yes, that's my uh, my most recent album, which just came out, I guess, was earlier this year, last year? Last year, I think. We recorded it live while we were on tour in Canada. And the first tune, which is called You Made a Good Move, was written by a friend of mine and a great Another jazz legend, a friend of Clark's as well, a great Frank West, who also happens to be from Oklahoma, like myself. And uh, when I first moved to New York, I became friends with Frank. I would see him all the time. And he was also very, very encouraging, very kind. And he used to play that tune every time I saw him. He loved that song that he wrote. He passed away about a year and a half ago. And I, I just started playing a couple of his songs and you know, to sort of honor him, think about him, and I was really happy that we were able to record that one. Could you put it into words why the jazz art form is so meaningful to you? No, uh, yeah. I think that jazz has a way of of healing 
people and making them happy, making them feel better, kind of, uh, you know, sort of communicating good feeling between the artist and the audience, the listener. And to me, that's what I love about it, and that's why I love to be a part of it. Wow. Great answer. (laughs) (laughs) Something that I think is interesting about you, especially, I've seen where or heard where you've mentioned this in a couple of interviews, and I've read where you wrote this on your blog. You like to read about the lives of people. Like, for example, you said Sidney Bechet, more than just listening to his music, who was this man? And then you also said in this interview, this filmed interview I saw, you said it's important also to find out about the lifestyle. Mm. Talk a little bit about that. I thought that was very interesting. Well, I do. I love to read. I love to read um, autobiography, especially autobiography, and I really love to read correspondence if it can be found. You know, letters between people, and not only musicians, but of all sorts of people that I admire, from philosophers and authors, other creative-minded people, as well as some statesmen, great statesmen. I think, especially when it comes to to finding out about being a jazz musician, you know, that it's really, it's not just about notes on a page or music, about sounds that we're making. Like I said, it's really about, you know, sort of the community and creating this good feeling for other people and also for yourself. And I think when you sort of delve into the lives of the musicians, you sort of find out about, uh, you know, how they did that and also just sort of sometimes interesting and mundane facts about them that maybe don't relate so much to the music, but that are just interesting. But I think it's important to understand the community where you come from, and that's why I like to read about them. Do you believe that roots or traditional jazz, swing music, all these genres, do you think that this is something that is going to survive? Yes. <laughs> well, I do. I hope so, and I, I do think it will, because I think, I really believe that the feeling of swing, which is present in um, in the, the genre you mentioned, and also, you know, in, in a lot of other quote-unquote more modern or contemporary artists, I think the feeling of swing offers something to the listener that cannot be found in any other kind of music. So I think because of that and because of the value of that, I think it will survive. Martin Pizzarelli, the bassist, he wrote to Mm -hmm. me and he said that you, along with Freddie Cole, are the best at interpreting standards, the best at interpreting the American songbook. And... You've gotten so many of these just incredible reviews from The New Yorker, all these different publications. What does it feel like, honestly, to have people say that you're one of the best? Well, it's very, it's very flattering, of course, to hear it from Martin, since I've known Martin a long time and I respect him very much, the musician. It's always nice. Of course, it's nice and it feels good to have people say nice things about you. When it comes to the press, I appreciate it. I appreciate, you know, just that the listeners, that they come to my shows, you know, and that I see so many audience members again and again, you know, and then I know that they really do like the music and that it really is doing something for them. But to me, that's the most meaningful thing. You know, if someone can come up to me after a show and say, oh, you know, I was having a really bad day, 
and I came in your show and now I feel better. To me, that's the most important kind of review that I can receive. You are more impressed with making a personal connection to someone. Mm-hmm. Definitely, because I think I think that's not only what is important artistically, but I think that's the way to sort of have a longer career. Because I think fancy reviews and, and fancy press looks good. It can be fleeting if you're not actually making a personal connection with your audience. You've played a lot of very legendary rooms, a lot of venues. Mm-hmm. Is there a room that you've played that has meant the most? No, no, you know, I've so many places. I mean, the first time I sang on stage at the Village Vanguard with, and I sang with Lou Donaldson's band, that was very, that was a big deal to me because it was, it was a Vanguard and it was Lou and that was very special. You know, that was a very special moment. But many, many stages for me have uh, those kind of, those kind of, those kind of feelings. You know, the jazz showcase in Chicago, I felt the same way. You know, I felt the same way my first tour to Europe. I think every, you know, not every stage, but most stages, they can really have some, some lovely uh, memories attached to them. Do you think as a music artist, it's important to listen to a lot of different things? Mm, no. <laughs> Simple answer. <laughs> Why is that? Well, I don't know what you mean when you say when you say different things because actually, I mean, I listen to music all the time and I listen to a lot of music, but I listen to things that I like, which means the music is is swinging. Mm-hmm. You know, I listen to a lot of I listen to singers, but also to instrumentalists. You know, I think it's important to be informed about the jazz language and the jazz history, but I don't think it's important to listen to contemporary music so much if you don't like it or to listen to classical music so much if you don't like it or things like that. You know, I'm, I don't know how much variety one really needs. What is the best thing about being champion Fulton? Uh, <laughs> I think the best thing is that I'm able to, to do what I love and play music and travel the world. And I think really it's, it's a very nice existence and a charmed life. I'm lucky to have it. (laughs) When you think about the future, what impression do you want to make on the world? I really just want to to make my music and to have people listen to it and enjoy it. And I think think of the, the artists I most admire and that I most love, I think that's what they did. When I think about Louis Armstrong traveling the world and playing his trumpet and singing, and I think how many people he made happy and how many and and that he was able to be a part of their lives, you know, in that way, significantly, even if it was only through records or only through one performance, you know, that he was able to sort of share his life experience with so many people. And that's what I would like to be able to do myself. For anyone who's listening to this interview, just totally open ended, what would you say to them? I would say I would like to meet you, come to a show. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. My last question. Who is Champion Fulton? Well, she's a jazz pianist and singer who loves reading and swimming in the ocean and uh, meeting people and enjoying life, I think. That's a very simple answer, but I think it's true. You just said a second ago, you said if you could say anything, you would say, come to a show. 
Well, I mm-hmm. was listening to what you said, and I would love to see a show of yours someday. I haven't yet. <laughs> Good. Thank you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the website is champion.net. That's spelled C-H-A-M-P-I-A-N.net. Mm-hmm. Champion Fulton, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, the entertainer, written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano, the traditional song, Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour.